Oh my gosh, I'm back. I'm so excited. Okay, I know. I, I, you know, when, when I see Karen's name come up on the email box that there's an email in there, I'm like, oh boy. But my golly, once I get here, I absolutely love it. Especially seeing, okay, I see old friends, but I see a lot of new faces too. So I guess I'm going to have to say a little bit of who I am and what I do. Yes, I was I was, feel like I was born and raised in this church. I've been in this church since, I think, 11 years old, I think I was. And now I'm 55-something. And so that's a long time. And you guys just had a celebration for the 50-year anniversary of this church. Well, I watched the video that Pastor Bug talks about the history of this church and their heart for missions and that we have people on the mission field because of our heart for missions here. And yes, I am the product of that and their heart for missions. I am a reluctant missionary. I call myself because I feel like I was dragged on the mission field or I think I was um, um, taken under false pretenses. (laughs) My husband was like, well, just go for a while. Yeah, that was 30-some years ago. And uh, I had just he asked me to marry him, and in that proposal was, and then we're going on the mission field. Well, hello, I, I'll follow you anywhere. I'll do anything. And I just assumed he'd get, him out, get it out of his system in a couple of years, and he didn't. And then I realized, wait a minute, one day when he said, you're miserable, we can go back home, it's okay, we can be done, and we'll find another way to express everything that we do. And it was that moment that I realized, this is my call, and this is what I was born to do. So I was reluctant, now I'm thrilled. I love my life. You guys just did this whole worship time talking about God's faithfulness. Thank you, worship team. And that girl on the drums, I loved it. She was like having a blast. So you guys talk about um, God's faithfulness, and that always gets to me because that is, my life is all about how faithful God is. He's so faithful. I will never stop. I mean, and now I'm, I used to come to these meetings, and, and I felt like I was a little bit on this side of it. I'm on that side of faithful now, and, and boy, girls, he is faithful. Amen. He is so faithful. So hopefully I can get a little bit of stories in here to help back that up, but um, my husband and I, right now, we plant churches, which we didn't start out that way. In the last few years, God has helped us plant some churches. We planted a church in Saltillo, Mexico, where we live, and one in, we just did Monterey, and we're working right now on planting one in Mexico City. So that's kind of what we do, but that's not our full-time job. Our full-time job is that we train leaders, and we work real closely with John Maxwell and his leadership organization, and we're in the process of transforming nations right now. We spent quite a few years training leaders in something called the Million Leaders Mandate and helped to train over six million leaders around the world. And then one day he said, well, we trained all these leaders, now what are we going to do with them? He said, let's use them, put them together, and empower them, and let's transform nations. So that's kind of what we're in. And they picked Latin America, our home ground, and they picked Latin America to start in. So my husband and I help run all of this transformation project. Right now, it started out in Guatemala. That's where we're working. And we added on Paraguay, and then just last week, we did our pre-launch for Costa Rica. So we get invited in by the president. The president says we, he will not go in unless we have an invitation by the president to say, please come in and transform our nation. And we go in, 
with values and principles taken right out of the Bible, and they don't even know it. <laughs> and they're inviting us in. And we come in with biblical values and principles. We, we set up roundtables and help do it in a program of roundtables that people learn these values, they start applying them, act, acting them out in their lives, and start more roundtables. Like they do them at work, they do them at home, they do them in schools. We do them from the top levels of government, Supreme Court. People are doing roundtables and learning values. And then, okay, the, the, the icing, the best part of it all is that We'll go down, John Maxwell will go down to these countries and get the people who have been in roundtables who have already done some of the program, and he'll get them together in these meetings, and he'll add value to their lives and talk about leadership. And then he finishes up with his leadership message, and he says, all right, I'm done for today. If you want to go, you may leave. But if anybody wants to stay, I'd love to tell you about my best friend and my reason for living. And I'm... He, get, he does a break, lets people go, 90% of the people stay. And then he shares about Jesus. And he gives his testimony, and he talks about the images of God, of Jesus, and how people have wrong images of God. And he helps them see this is who God really is, and he wants to have a relationship with you. And then he invites people up if they want to be in a relationship with God. This year alone, we saw 25,000 people come forward and say they wanted to accept Jesus and have a life with him. So that is my passion behind. I mean, I love leadership, and I love transforming nations, but the whole purpose of it is to get people to heaven and get people in a relationship with Jesus, and that's what I get to do. So can you see? I love my life. I love my life. I'm also, let's see, I'm a wife. My husband's speaking this weekend here at church, so come on and listen. He's really good, and he's good, looking, he's good to look at. And I'm a mom of four kids. Two of them are married. I have one that lives, my oldest is in Atlanta with her two kids. I think it's only fair we did it to our moms. Now they did it to me and took two of my grandbabies and took them to the U.S. I have my youngest son is in Nashville, and then my second daughter is down by me with four grandkids of mine there by Mex in Mexico. And I have my handicapped boy, Timmy, that you may have heard about too. He's my forever baby, 28 years old. <laughs> I'm like, how, uh, how much longer, God? I don't know, but... Um, I love having them around. I, I get to spend a lot of time with them when I'm not traveling. And so um, he's, he's the love of my life and my forever baby. The problem is I'm doing way too much traveling these days. Sometimes I, I, I think I was just telling you guys the other day, it's like I feel like my brain is still catching up with my body. It moves so fast, and my brain takes so much longer to get there. So this morning, if I blank out... It used to be I'd say if I blank out, it's because I'm nervous. I'm not really nervous because I'm so passionate about this message. Now it's just a matter of my brain hasn't caught up yet. So you just say if I do these little stare moments, then just ah, her brain's catching up with her. But I want to get into this message as soon as I can because it's something that really does burn on the inside of me. This will be my message until the day I die. And you're going to hear it in some form or another. <laughs> Anytime you invite me back, it's going to be coming out like this. But we live right now in a time of technology just, just coming at us all the time. 
You turn on the TV, and there's preachers on, on all the Christian channels. And I turn on my serious radio, and I've got Joel Osteen on, on the speed bump, speed hit of serious radio. And, and you, you open up your email box. Is there anybody here who gets millions of devotionals in your email box? Okay, I'm not alone. I think I get five a day. And I feel guilty, like I have to read them because they send them to me. I don't, yeah, I'm one of those people, so compulsive that way. So I'm getting this at me, and then, and then we get Kindles, and we got the book, books at the drop of a hat. I remember when I used to prepare for these messages, there was no electronic things like that. I would go to my mom's house and find the Matthew Henry commentary, <laughs> this big, thick, blue thing to try and look up where words were in the Bible. And I'd, I'd look for Charisma Magazine for study helps, and I'd be trying to find books, and I'd be, I, I, oh my gosh, the day the Thompson Chain Bible came out, <laughs> thought we had it made. It had all these topical indexes in there. Now, we have so much information at our fingertips, and it's information overload, and it just keeps coming at us, and it's coming at us, and, oh, that's what I got to do this with my money, and I got to do this with my time, and, I, oh, yeah, but I got to do this with my family. Oh, and I got to do this in my marriage, but don't forget my call, and don't forget my work, and don't forget my time. There is so much, and there comes a point where I feel overwhelmed, like I'm supposed to be doing this. No, I'm supposed to be doing it. No, I'm supposed to I, and, and I sit down to talk with Jesus, and I think, just don't talk to me, please. <laughs> I've got enough. i got enough on my plate. I just can't figure it all out. And there's just so much going on in this crazy mind and crazy head. And then I think, oh, I'm going to come, and I'm going to talk to you girls, and I'm going to add to the craziness. I don't want to add to the craziness. I don't want to add to the things of what you should be doing. I want to help back it up a little bit and bring it back to the basics. I want to go back. I, I'm a kindergarten, well, I call myself a kindergarten teacher. I actually only taught kindergarten for four months. Well, <laughs> yet, it's my claim to fame. <laughs> uh, I taught at Triunity just for a few months before I ended up getting married. Go Triunity girls. Um, but the training of being a kindergarten teacher has served me my entire life because it always helps me pull it back and get back to the very basics of things. So I put on my kindergarten brain, and I'm going to ask you girls this morning to put on your kindergarten brains, <laughs> and, and I want to back up, and, and I want to I tune out all the noise, and I want to tune out everything that's coming at me and get back to the basics of what does God really want from me? What is this really all about? And get back to the very core and the very basics of what this life is with him. There's going to be three basic points that I want to bring out to you. And of course, since I am a kindergarten teacher, I always have to have props. <laughs> so in order to go back to the basics... I want to talk to you about some basic truths that God wants us all to be reminded of. And the first basic truth that he wants to remind us of is God loves the world. 
God loves the world. God, no, I'm not waiting for my brain to catch up. <laughs> I'm letting it sink in. God loves the world. I think it's such a basic concept, almost so basic that we forget to really wrap our minds around it, or it's hard for us to really, really get to the depth of how much God loves the world. It's the first verse we've ever learned, John 3:16, "For God so loved the world." Everybody learns it. It's it's. It's the idea that we teach even at our churches back in Mexico. We teach it to our nursery. I love nursery. That's my passion area. So we teach it to our nursery kids from zero to three. We want them to be able to leave that time once they get up to three years old knowing God loves you and God wants to be your best friend. It's a basic concept that we kind of fly over sometimes. God loves this world. God loves the people of this world. God loves me. God loves you. God made you. He loves you. He made all of this, all of this, because he loves us and wants us to enjoy it. And he'd be right here enjoying it with us if stinking Adam and what's the whole human race hadn't messed up but he, his heart is to be with us and to connect us and connect with us and to be in relationship with us. God loves this world. God loves the world. And God wants the world to know that he loves them. So he needs messengers. Which brings me to my basic truth number two. You are God's gift to this world. You are God's messenger to this world. God's heart is to be in relationship with every single person on this planet. His heart is to meet the needs of every single person on this planet. His heart is to be in relationship with them. His heart is to let them know you have a loving, heavenly Father waiting to embrace you, waiting to be in relationship with you. He needs us to get that message to them. Our job is to be messengers of his love to this world. He made us to be his gift to this world. I'm in a group of women, and I can say this in this group, because is there any men over here? I'm sure there are somewhere. Sorry, men. But God made us women a gift to this world. If you go back at the beginning of time and in creation, and God created Adam, 
And Adam, at that moment, was the human race. Adam was the world. And God saw that Adam was alone, that Adam had a need. And God said, I love him so much. I love that humanity so much. I've, I've got to meet that need. So what did he do? He made Eve. He made woman. And he brought her. The Bible says he brought her and gave her to Adam. He gave her as a gift. We were created as a gift to humanity and a gift to this world. I really believe that God made us special in that way and different in that way. We have something different on the inside of us. It's, it's an intuitiveness about needs. We have um, hearts that are drawn to nurturing, hearts that, that see pain, we feel pain, we want to help meet the needs when there's pain. That's us, girls. He made us that way. He made us to meet the needs of the hurting people in this world, to meet the needs of humanity. That's our privilege. And he sent us here to be able to be, I, I always write this in, in, the, in the one newsletter I do every year. I'm the worst missionary. I'm serious. But in the one newsletter I do every year, I always write, and I've written ever since we've been on the mission field, we are your hands extended to Latin America. Girls, we are all his hands extended to this world. His heart is to meet the needs of hurting people in this world. And we have the privilege and the honor to be designed and to be made and to be thought of by him and created to be able to meet those needs and be his hand to reach out and touch people that are hurting. And he made us especially with, with gifts, talents, abilities, likes, passions, just to be able to go out and meet the needs of this hurting world. If you think about the story, the story of like from creation up until eternity. Sorry, I know our minds cannot take it all in. But God has this story from the time he made Adam and Eve until eternity and beyond, Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> and God knew us, each one of us, before he even started making all of that. Before he even finished that story before he even started to make Adam and Eve. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, verse 4, it said, Before the foundations of the earth, I knew you. And it's not just the fact that he knew us. I chose you. Now, when it says that he chose 
me. He chose me to be born at, if this is his story of time, bam, right here. And he said, I need Carla to be my messenger at that time. And I need her to be my messenger because somebody's going to be hurting really bad in this place. And I'm going to need her there to help meet that need and to let these people know I'm here for them. They're mine. God thought before time began, before creation, he thought about me and he made me and he put me in the family I was in so that I would grow up here in this place and I would be in this church and I would be exposed to missions. And on the inside of me, he made a personality that I have that I just don't take things too doggone seriously and I like to have a good time and I'm not too overwhelmed by things and I've learned how to overcome. And he put passions on the inside of me. Now, the one thing he didn't do was to put me in a family that spoke Spanish. <sighs> really would have helped out the matter. Instead, I had to go to school, and I still feel when I get up and I have to speak in Spanish, I still feel like I'm lacking. I never, I'm 30-some years. I never feel like I've gotten there. But he put all that in me so that I could go to Mexico. And on a Sunday morning, when I am sitting in the front row of my church, I hate the front row. I'm so tall. I block everybody. But... I'm a leader, I sit in the front row, and when I'm in the front row of my church, and I turn around on a Sunday morning, and I see hundreds of lives changed, because my husband and I said, okay, we'll go. I'm overwhelmed. It overwhelms me, and it compels me to do more. It pushes me to do more. And what he's done for me, that's just my life. And I talk about my life because that's my, it's mine to talk about. He's done the exact same thing with every single one of you. The exact same thing. He picked you to be born right now. And he picked you to be born in the family you're born in. And he put inside of you things that you like to do. And he put talents and he put abilities and he put... Put all that in there. For what? For you to touch and meet the needs of hurting people wherever he puts you. He sees. He sees who needs to get the message. We are carriers of his message of love. And he puts us where he needs that message to go to people. And it's our responsibility to give that message and to be his carrier. That's our job, girls. That's the basic of the basics. What's your job? Be a carrier. Be a messenger. He's done it for me. He does it for you. I'm no exception. I'm one of all of us. And there is a hurting world out there that needs this message of love. And, and, and we get to be chosen to be the messengers. But there's a problem, and that brings me to point number three. 
can't keep up with my notes. Point number three, we're women and we doubt ourselves. <laughs> we are women and we are the most critical beings on this earth and not just critical of other people, extremely critical of ourselves. So while I'm talking about my life and then I'm saying you are no exception, it's the same thing for you, don't raise your hand, but how many of you here were going, well, maybe. And then you're thinking about all the things that are wrong with you and why you're not. Basic truth number three, you are enough. You are enough because we never think we're enough. We never think we're enough. We think about everything that's wrong with us, everything we don't do, everything we have done that we shouldn't have done, everything that disqualifies us from being able to be his gift, his messenger. I want you to see, they're going to put it up on the screen for me. I want you to see what Paul says about that. 2 Corinthians 4, 5 through 8, Paul says, Remember, our message is not about ourselves. Girls, here you go. Words of Paul. It ain't about you. It's not about you. This is about him. And this is about a God who, who has so much love for this world, we cannot grasp it ourselves. And him wanting to get that message to these people. That's what it's about. Okay? Not about you. It's not about me. Our message is not about ourselves. We are proclaiming Jesus Christ, the master. All we are is messengers. We're, oh, I love it, errand runners. Oh, that sounds elegant. We're errand runners from Jesus for you. And it started when God said, light up the darkness. And our lives filled up with light and we saw and we understood God in the face of Christ because he is so bright and he is so beautiful. Well, if you look at us, you might just well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in the unadorned clay pots of our ordinary lives. And that's to prevent anybody from confusing God's incomparable power, God's incomparable love, confusing that with any of us. Girls, this is who we are. Paul said it. We're just plain old clay pots. We're ugly, <laughs> we're a little beat up, we're a little weathered, we're a little worn down, we've had too many kids hanging on us all day long. This is us. 
And this is exactly what he chose to use to carry his message. He looks at this, and do you know what he sees? Beautiful. I made that. I made that. He sees beautiful. And what do we see? Clay pots. Clay pots with cracks and holes in it. I heard John Maxwell say, we're just nothing but crackpots. <laughs> we're just crackpots that God chose, chooses to use. Our problem is we see people like Beth, Meyer, or, uh, Beth Moore. Now that's a pot that God can use, we say. Ann Voskamp, oh, the way she writes. I'm like, I look at that and I go, I ain't never writing. Not like that. This, these are women with amazing gifts. And women who are using the gifts that God put on the inside of them to help change lives and to get out his message. And they are no different than any one of us. The gifts he put in them he put gifts in you. May not be the exact same ones, but the gifts that they have in them are gifts that need to reach the people he wants them to reach. That's why they have them. And the gifts that he's put in you are specifically there to help you get to the people that he wants you to reach with his message. They're not going to be able to get to those people because they don't have those gifts like you do. And you're not going to be able to do what they do because you don't have those gifts. It's okay. You don't have to have them all. You just have to be responsible to use what he gave you. That's our job. And he put them inside of you. See, we've got this problem we get it in our, we use this word gifts because that's what we use in the church, right? And we call it, oh, what's your gifting? Oh, my gifting. I grew up in the church. I can talk about the church. <laughs> I'm a pastor. I could talk about the church. Uh, we, we use this, you know, what's your gifting? Oh, I have the gift of prophecy. I have the gift of teaching. I have the gift of, okay. So we get ourselves confused because we're using that term gifts, thinking, oh, yes, this is what we do in the church. God put gifts, which actually are just plain old your ability to do something really well and to enjoy it and to do it good. And you may not even recognize it as his gift inside of you because it is so natural. You think everybody knows how to do that. No, they don't. I, I, I don't. My sister-in-law is helping me redo our condo up here, and it's like, golly, this is gorgeous. I, know, I don't have that gift. You have that gift. I don't have that gift. You, there, there's gifts. You just kind of go, hey, I didn't get it, but I'm so glad you did, and, and you're helping me out. <laughs> 
God put those on the inside of us. And, and I agree that, yes, we use our gifts in the church and our abilities, and we do. We, I'm all about serving in the church. We need you. But it's not just for that. Your gifts and your abilities and the things that you do good are for them out there. That's where you're supposed to be, be shining with what you do well. I don't know what you do. You can shine with cooking. You can shine if cleaning is your gift. Organizing is your gift. Driving is your gift. Singing is your gift. Talking is your gift. I don't know what your gift is, but I know you got one or two, maybe three, if you're lucky. God put those on the inside of you for a purpose, and it's your responsibility to recognize what it is, and it's your responsibility to use it because he's going to take that gift and he's going to make it shine in the places where he needs the message to get out. There are hurting people waiting to hear from you and waiting to receive the message that you're carrying. And he packaged you just that way. Now, you might be asking me, Carla, how, how does that kind of work? You know, like, how am I going to know? Something called passion. Passion on the inside of you. How many of you have ever used the phrase, somebody needs to do something about that? How many of you have heard a story and it just broke your heart and you couldn't stop crying and you just carried it around with you for days? How many of you have slammed your fist on a table going, that ain't fair, that just ain't right? You know what those feelings are? It's God sticking his finger in there going, yeah, because I want you to do something about it. And that goes exactly along with the gifts that I put in and the talents and the abilities that I put in the inside of you. He takes these amazing abilities and he takes these things that, that stir up a passion on the inside of us and then he puts us in places that are surrounded with the people that we need to be. And he just makes it that easy for us to get his message to these people and to help. Girls, we don't have the luxury of doubting ourselves. We don't. We have a responsibility. And, and I don't know what, what, what the story of your life is, but can I tell you the story of your life goes along with what he wants you to do and who he wants you to touch. Because I know there's some girls here who have lived some really hard experiences. And you've been through some things, and maybe you've done some really bad things. That does not disqualify you. You are not disqualified. I want you to see that situation in a whole different light. What if God wants to use that worst moment of your life that horrible experience? What if he wants to use the shame of that time to be able to birth 
something that's going to help hundreds of other women, thousands of other women. Could you see your experience in that light? Because now you understand them. You understand their pain. You understand their shame. You know what they're going through. Who speaks their language? You do. So your shame, your pain, things that you think totally disqualify you could actually be the very thing that God uses to birth something that can change this world. And you thought it disqualified you. God has made you for so much more. So much more. And I don't want us getting distracted and getting thrown off and getting off keel with everything that's coming at us. Get back to the basics. I want to tell you a story about two different girls that I know that I work with. They're going to put up the picture of one of them. Her name is Gabby Teasdale. Gabby is the girl right there with the long hair standing next to John Maxwell, who's in the middle sitting down. The guy on that, that side, that's my baby. That's mine. He's all mine. Don't. He's all mine. That's Johnny. He translates for John. And then the girl right there is Gabby Teasdale. And we are in Paraguay at that moment, at a, where we got together all these young people that have been in roundtables and he talked to them, and a whole bunch of them got saved. It was so much fun. But Gabby is a girl from Paraguay, and Gabby would love to read John Maxwell's novel or books that he would write. And so Gabby heard about what was going on in Guatemala because by this time we were working transformation in Guatemala. This was just a few years ago. And she said, I'm going to go check out what's going on over there in Guatemala, and I'm going to see what what, what this means, something was stirring up on the inside of her. So Gabby, she's married. She has two kids. Her husband said, go check it out, see what you think. So she comes to Guatemala and to one of the Maxwell meetings. And she sees what's going on, and she's like, something's stirring on the inside of Gabby. I need this in Paraguay. Well, they have this line where you could get up to Maxwell, and you can get him. He would sign your book if you had a book in your hand, you know. And she said, I'm going to meet him. I'm going to meet him. I'm going to get in line. She gets in line. She gets up to go meet Maxwell. She doesn't have a book in her hand. What does she have? She grabs her passport. Sign my passport, she said. <laughs> Just put your name down there. Well, he didn't. He opened up her passport, and in the back of her passport, he wrote the word Transformation. She took that passport and she went back home to Paraguay and she's just rolling and rolling and rolling. And Gabby said, we need transformation in Paraguay. We need it. She said, I, I don't know what I have to do, but I'm going to bring transformation in this country. So she decides to, to go to a John Maxwell coaching event where they train you in how to be a life coach. And so she goes to this coaching event. And when the whole event gets done and she marches up to John for the book signing thing. And this time she has a book. And she grabs this book and she gets up to John and she says, I want you to sign this book. And she said, I don't sign it for me. I want you to sign it for the president of Paraguay. And he said, oh, you know the president of Paraguay? She said, no, not yet. <laughs> but I will. Because you're going to come transform my nation. 
And he laughed. Ah, oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wasn't long. Gabby was given that book to the president, handing it over to him personally. We are now working in Paraguay, bringing transformation to Paraguay. And the idea is we are going to change. We're going to get 10% of that nation learning about values and biblical principles, even though they don't know they're from the Bible. And we found that if you can get 10% of a country living out these values, it can be a tipping point, and it can change and transform the entire nation. So that's what we're working on. And that's because of one girl who had a little stirring on the inside of her and said, I need to bring this to my country. A housewife, girls. <laughs> a housewife with two kids. She's getting the message out. Thousands have been saved in her country because Gabby said, I need to do something. She said, somebody needs to do something. And she did it. The next picture. This is a picture of girls that go to my church. This is Adela on that side and Zyra. I always call her Zyra. Daira on this side, Adela on that side, and my friend Adenia's in the middle. I spoke this message at our church. We were doing this um, women's Bible study, and we were sitting in round tables like this and talked about your giftings and what God wants to do with your giftings, and they were talking about their gifts at the table. Well, Daira had just had her dad in the hospital, and she would spend her days in the hospital taking care of her dad, and she found something moved on the inside of her because she saw so many families like her sitting in the waiting areas and there was nobody, no way to get food, no way to get coffee. These are the state-run hospitals. And so they're not very pleasant and they're not great places to be. And there's no beautiful cafeterias in those. And Zyra said, somebody needs to do something. So after I spoke on this and they were at their round table and they were talking about things that stir them and move them. These three girls were at the same round table that the girl in the middle, Adenia, was leading. And Zyra said, well, something that's moved me lately is that I've been at the hospital with my dad and I see there's nothing there to help these families for food, no coffee, no nothing to be able to help these people who are hurting so much at the hospital. I want to do something, but I don't know how to cook. I'm going to have to think of something. Adela is a professional chef. Adela said, I can cook, but I didn't know who I was supposed to be cooking for. She said, I just closed down a restaurant. I cook. I'll come and cook for you. Then they start talking amongst each other. They meet with a couple friends, and the friend hears about it. Not even a friend hears about it. They're at a party talking about it after the event, and they're at this party, and a lady is listening from across the room, and the lady goes up to him and says, are you guys talking about doing something to help in the hospitals? And the girl said, yeah, we're trying to figure it all out. And the lady says, well, I, I can fund it if you need some money to throw at it. These girls are now taking meals to the hospital, helping hurting families, being God's hands extended to meet 
a need, using their gifts, their talents, using their passions to help somebody else, to be God's hands extended. So I don't know, girls, what you're going to do. I don't know if you're going to change a nation, transform an entire country, or are you going to transform the lives of hurting people in a hospital? Transform the life of a hurting neighbor? I don't know who you've been called to, but I know you've been called. And this is how I want you to do it. You don't think you can, but this is it. Paul tells us, or the author of Romans tells us, 12, Romans 12, 1 through 2. Here's what I want you to do. God helping you, you take your everyday, ordinary life. I love that part. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work. You're walking around life, and you place it before God as an offering. And you're embracing what God does for you. It is the best thing that you can do for him. Don't get so well-adjusted to your culture, meaning don't get yourself so blinded to your everyday life, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God because you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you. I love that part. You take your everyday, ordinary life. That's what I'm asking you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary, plain old life, and this time, open your eyes. And let God show you the needs that are around you and what he has put inside of you that you can give to them. His message to them. Back to the basics, girls. Let's get back to the basics. He loves this world. He made us to be messengers of that love to this world. And yes, we are enough. You are exactly enough. Father, we give our lives to you. It says right there in Romans, just give your life as a living sacrifice, living, breathing, taking in, giving out, taking in. We take in you and we give you out to people. Don't let these girls be still, Father. I ask you to just stir them and give them new eyes to be able to see the needs around them and how they can be your hands extended. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.